you're on the air. Hello? Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? Good, how can I help you? I just wanted to call and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is John Edward calling. I'm so humbled that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much, and good luck. Thank you. you you're the best. All because right. that's, you are All so right. right. You're right on the tee. You have not said nothing that I don't know anything about. Your colors are fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. I felt good tuning in. Uh, I just got good energy when the reminder of the show came across my profile. And uh, the fellow hosting it has had really great guests and good energy. And, you know, it it, it feels really good. Uh, May everybody's heart's desires uh, be divinely blessed. Very good. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on your show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much, Tori, for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure. We could have done two hours, Michael, you know. <laughs> One more. One okay. More. Please, don't be me. It is you, dear, 727. Oh, my God. I didn't think I was talking to anybody. <laughs> you were talking to Michael. Oh, I my God.
Uh, good evening, everybody. It is, oh, what is today? Thursday, July 12th, 2012. You're listening to Be The Light Now Radio, and I'm your host, Reverend Michael. Hopefully everyone has had themselves a wonderful day today. I know I have. It's been a long day, long, enjoyable day. But it's always fun. Did some uh, gallery reads over at the center today and met some wonderful people. It's always interesting, too, when children come through. Had a little two-year-old come through from the spirit world. It's rather interesting when they uh, when they come for a little little visit. All right, every second. Of course, the computers are going to act strange. And if you know if if you're notice your computers and all acting strange in the next couple of days, uh, we had a huge um, solar flare. And I guess it's heading towards the Earth. So, but, yeah. It's one of those things that mess up with the electronics, and spirits mess with the electronics, too, so. We just go with the flow. So, it may end up hearing thunder in the background. We've got a thunderstorm on its way over, so. Hopefully, I won't have any... Any problems? I just wish my switchboard and everything else would stop being so slow. I tried rebooting the computer and all too before I logged in, and no, switchboard loves to act up and give us a hard time. <clears throat> So a lot of you may have noticed, uh, you know, a lot of different changes going to be taking place for you. Energy is going to be shifting, okay, and changing. And it's part of um, part of the awakening process that's going on. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting times ahead for so many people, especially those who are just waking up now and they're like, okay, what the heck's going on? So we just got to learn to go with the flow. Uh, do some meditation, do some yoga, exercising. That'll help help balance out your energies. And uh, you'll notice it'd be a lot easier to go ahead and um, enhance the change that's taking place. So I've had a lot of people come in today to the center and they're like, what's going on with these energies it's like I just feel weird it's like mm, get used to it it's part of the uh, shift that's taking place lots of changes taking place up in New England that's for sure I was waiting for our guest to go ahead and and um, call in so and I see he did I think okay so it's one of those things you know um Yeah, we just we just go with the flow. That's all we do. That's all we can do, you know. So joining me all the way from my home state is the wonderfully talented Ron Ash. Hello, Ron. Hello, Michael. 
It was great having you on air in our home state on WARL, 1320 AM, not too long ago. Yeah, it's just a couple of weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so how have I you was, been? I have been great, actually. You inspired me uh, and a few people on my uh, Facebook page as well with your uh, little recap over some things that uh, have happened in your life, and it kind of led me to think of that string of the way that's always working, uh, bringing us forward and um, creating our experiences and giving us lessons you know, along that way. Um, and it's, it's funny how these things all seem very unrelated, but they really do. There's like these little things that happen that kind of push us in a different direction. And then we make a connection or uh, we have an epiphany or something happens that just continually moves us forward. And, and you were pretty much exhibiting right, uh, you know, up to where you are today with, uh, you know, you're a professional psychic uh, doing a show seven days a week the metaphysical center and uh, how really the uh, spirit is, is, is working in your life to help other people. Yeah, it's amazing. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, I've never done anything in my life. It's like, write Every little detail that you can think of, of everything that you did going on a vacation or doing something. Mm-hmm. And then look back and you'll re- you realize like, wow, my life hasn't been boring after all. No, not at all. So, and, 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 and you, you get, See a, you start seeing a bigger picture too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the things that you interpret as bad, or the things that you interpret as failures, uh, in many cases, those were the pivotal moments, the pivotal pivotal actions that propelled you forward into the next step of your journey. I recall yeah. uh, a story, and you know, I was been going through a. Uh, thing with my daughter with her car lately and uh, I was thinking back to uh, this 1969 Camaro I bought I couldn't wait to buy my own car when I was 18 years old as soon as I turned 18 a guy down the street was selling this uh, black on black 1969 Chevy Camaro and I said I gotta have it I had the money I said let me go there you know I I, uh, bought it from the guy the next day I got up I took it out for a uh, ride where I would uh, accelerate to over 20 miles an hour, and to my surprise, the car wouldn't stay on the road. It was a struggle. I mean, uh, uh, it, 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 was, it was ridiculous. So I got to the point where I took it to a mechanic uh, down the street and uh, just to have him look at it and see what was wrong with the vehicle. And uh, he gave me a list and a bill that came to well over $500. And an 18-year-old back then, uh, we're probably talking like 1980. Uh, three or 84, that was like something that I was not going to be able to come up with anytime soon. So I would often walk by that uh, garage and see that beautiful car <laughs> sitting in a parking space right in front, waiting for me to bring that money to uh, get it out of there. But this car was, it, 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 there were so many things wrong with this car besides aesthetics. Aesthetically, it looked beautiful. The exterior had a new paint job on it, it had a brand new vinyl. Uh, roof on it. The interior was a uh, uh, beautiful, uh, flawless uh, black pleather interior. And um, uh, but mechanically, big problems. You drive on the highway, you get up to about 55, 60. You take your foot off the gas, exhaust fumes would begin to fill up in the uh, passenger compartment of the vehicle. Um, like I said, it wouldn't stay on the road. Um, 
ball joint, suspension, all kinds of problems with it. Um, the automatic transmission, usually if you hit the gas and put it, hit it to the floor, it'll kick down into a lower gear. That didn't work. I mean, there were just so many issues with this vehicle. I used to have to uh, start it by taking a hammer out of my trunk and banging the starter underneath the car. I would have to go under the car, actually, and hit that starter with a hammer. So finally I got it all fixed. You know, I had some you know good times with the car or whatever, but still it was always seemed to me to be the worst mistake of my life, this, this purchase that I just shouldn't have made, um, really kind of taken advantage of at that point or whatnot by somebody who I thought was a friend, and um, bad decision. But what do you know, years later, I'm in college, and I'm in the, I'm in the uh, uh, foyer area of the college on the first floor, and I see this beautiful girl, and she's at the phone, and, you know, I've kind of, you know, said hello to her here and there. Uh, over the uh, preceding weeks, and um, she seemed distressed. So I went to the uh, phone booth where she was standing. I don't know if everybody remembers phone booths. Do they still have phone booths? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so anymore. <laughs> I haven't seen one in a while. So, you know, I'm talking to her. Finally, I find out her car is out in the parking lot, and it's not working. So, you know, I, I said, well, let me go take a look at it. I went to security, and I picked up some jumper cables and um, – you know, went out to the car and tried to jump start it, and that didn't work. And it was very cold. It was February. Um, and actually, it was February 13th, believe it or not. We have February 13th coming up tomorrow. So uh, February 13th, I go out to her car. It's kind of cold. So, you know, being the debonair young man that I am, I say, why don't you uh, sit in my car with the heat on and the motor running? There's no sense of both of us freezing while I try to figure out what's going on here. So uh, finally, I remembered. That 1969 Camaro with that starter issue where I used to have to hit it with a hammer. So I went in back, and at that time I was driving a 1982 Chevy Chevette. Got a toolbox in the back. I was doing some, uh, uh, just learning some carpentry trades and and, and uh, things like that. And uh, got underneath the car, located the starter, wrapped on it three times, uh, turned the key, and wouldn't you know it, that car started right up. Went back dropped off the jumper cables in the security office, came back out, and I said, listen, I'm going to take it slow. I'm just going to kind of reach over and give her a little uh, peck on the cheek, you know, and we'll, we'll continue this next week or whatnot. Well, let me tell you, it was lip lock right there. And then to make a long story short, <laughs> if uh -oh. that's possible, <laughs> that turned out to be my wife. I, I was engaged six months later, been married for 22 years. Uh, this month. Congratulations. So it was love at first sight. I don't know about that, but it just goes to show you, I mean, we had a lot of great years together. We uh, raised a, a family together. I mean, uh, great kids, uh, opportunity to take them out uh, to the beach today and uh, enjoy the sun. But it just goes to show you, it's just one of those things that, 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 thing that I interpreted as the biggest mistake in my life, as a huge failure, turned out to be something good. Cool. Yeah, you never know what to expect out of life. No. no so, but no. I tell everyone that, because uh, I had um, started learning yoga, and, uh, you know, the gentleman was, uh, was teaching me, he says, you know, write down things in your life or what's going on or what you, you know, or what's going on for the day. Mm -hmm. And write down what you're grateful for and why. 
Yeah. And um, he says, you know, you'll be amazed at uh, one looking back at how your life has changed. And I said, and then two going forward, how much your life will be changing too. Very true. Very true. So, what inspired you to start listing all these things this morning? Um, just because I was like, all right, let me go ahead and start journaling and and see, you know, what my life has been about, and mm-hmm. writing down all these things of what I did, and it was like, it's like, oh, okay, you know, and you know, why am I grateful for it? As well, because it's mm-hmm. who I am today. Yeah, exactly. Could we ever change that? We could never really change that. No. Can't change it, but um, you know you can change things uh, for the future, so you don't repeat anything you know that was bad in your past. Mm-hmm. So, which is what I yeah. think journaling is really good for. It'll uh, it'll help you see things, especially patterns. You know, wondering you know you know why you had so many X's in your in your life. What happened? Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, if you look back at it from journaling, uh, it'll help you to remember. Mm-hmm. And you may be able to be like, mm, okay, I see where I need to change something. Mm-hmm. And it'll help you to and, go ahead and move forward. And it breaks us from that cycle, too, because if we're not aware of why we keep repeating this behavior, we keep coming up with the same partners again and again, um, we'll never get out of that cycle and, and move on to the next level in our infinite ascension, uh, whether it's career, finance, romance, whatever the case may be. It's always for a learning experience. That's yeah, what we're and here I, for. I, yeah, and I look forward to it. And that's why uh, every night before, I, you know, when I go to bed, it's like, you know, thank you for everything that happened, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even thanking, you know, the universe for what's, uh, you know, what's in store for me. Mm-hmm. You know, for when I wake up and, and uh, sorry, when I wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, thank you for getting my day started. You know, bring it on. Let's get it. Let's yeah. get it going. Yeah, I was actually uh, speaking to a uh, friend of mine uh, the night before I saw your uh, post on Facebook, and uh, you know, I, I I was actually talking about I had this uh, creative cultural center. It was a basically a metaphysical center. We had all different kinds of groups that would meet there and um, through meet up and. and uh, things like this, Craigslist and whatnot, and uh, maybe 12 to 20 people, and we get together in a circle for the law of attraction and the metaphysics meetup, and then, you know, uh, some yoga teachers and some different uh, facilitators also were there, but it started to diminish, and the attendance kind of dropped off, and the expenses still remained the same, and, uh, you know, I, I just couldn't seem to create a community, and it's so important in that type of a thing to create a community. And um, so I got frustrated and I just said, you know something, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And to me, it seemed like it was a failure and I kept trying to get back to it. Let me get this thing started again. Let me get this thing running again. And uh, I got to do it. Even when I was on radio, I was still doing, I was still looking back at this thing. Like I got to fix it. I got to get this thing back together again. You know, this is where I learned my gift. This is where I, I experienced my passion for teaching you know, the, the, these principles that could really change people's lives if they only, you know, allow it and follow them. And uh, one day I realized that, wait a second, I have surpassed that little center in those small groups. 
I'm on the radio. I'm on internet radio. I'm on terrestrial radio. I'm able to communicate with so many more people. What am I talking about? That was just a step to get to where I am now. It's amazing. We get these funny little ideas about where we're going and how we will be used, but really we never know. The secrets, like you said at the beginning of the show, just remain in the flow. Stay in the flow. And it's always, yep. It's always interesting to see what the flow is going to do for us. Yeah, and it, it's, it is the best way to proceed. I mean, you pay attention. Um, you know, you take the steps. You, boy, it's really important. So many people just don't. I mean, you talked a little bit about it. You know, people uh, knowing where they've been. And knowing where they are, you can't get to where you're going until you find out where you're at. And so many people don't even know where they where they are right now. If we have to be honest with where we are right now and who we are right now, we have to take an inventory of our skills, our abilities, what we want to do, what's required of that. We have to take action. And so many people just don't. It's so important to really kind of just be clear, and you know, not only about where you want to go and what you want to do, but also about where you are right now. Where are you? You know, you can't get to where you're going until you find out where you're at. And you, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get there. You won't take a step. You won't move in that direction. Action is always required. Yeah, definitely. And that's what people miss out on is taking that action. Yeah. We have to take those action steps. Very important. If we don't act, nothing's going to happen. You, you know, you can you can affirm and visualize until you're blue in the face. But if you're not ready to take that step, that's not going to happen. And, and and if you're looking at it and you're saying, I can't take that step because I don't have the skills and abilities or the education, then you have to take the steps to get those things in order to move forward. There are steps that need to be taken. Yeah, and I tell everyone, uh, too, it's, you know, have faith. Uh, you know, I know that it'll happen. And if you're if you're worried about something, you know, write it down. Mm-hmm. You know, write down. It's like, yeah, I'm worried about this and why. Mm-hmm. And then make another list of, you know, what can be done to go ahead and stop you from worrying. And when you go ahead and do that, it, it changes things. It changes your outlook. Look at the why, yeah? Look at the why. Yep. So many people and, don't bother. Yeah, they don't. And then, um, you know, when they go ahead and do that, it'll change everything for them. It'll it'll change the direction of things, and it'll, uh, you know, bring things into their lives that they're missing and, and have things uh, change for the better. You know what else? Know why you want the things that you want. Every day I talk to people, uh, relationships, they want relationships, career, you know, finance. Well, why do you, why why are you waiting for this special person to come? What do you, what do you expect from that? You know, what is your reason for, okay, uh, suppose you're, let's say you're a person that that has the career that they want, their finances are in great order, uh, and now they want, Romance, or maybe it's the opposite, which actually most of the time that's what it is. I get a lot of people, and their finances are in an upheaval, 
Um, their career is basically a, uh, a a job they can't stand every day, uh, but they're looking for salvation, and they are looking for you. And you're the one that's going to be their salvation, and you're the one that's going to make them happy. And all they need is that man or that woman to just make their, make them happy. Well, guess what? There's no such thing. Happiness has to exist inside of you first before that other person is going to be there to share your life with, to entertain you and make you happy every day, to share your life with. Big mistake. I see it all the time. They all want a romance. They all want that special person to come into their boat. They don't know why. Why do they want it? And then some do. Some do want it. (laughs) Some just want somebody to take care of them. You know, they just want somebody there to clean it all up. You know, make me happy. Give me joy. We all have the potential for happiness. We all have the potential for joy. We just have to start thinking a little differently. The way we oh, think yeah. is directly a correlation to what we're going to receive. Guess what? If you're a very needy person, who are you going to attract, Michael? And attract the same type of people. <laughs> Very needy person. And that's yeah. going to drive you insane. Yep. So you're not going to get anywhere in life. Be, it may not be a needy person. It could be a rich needy person that needs a lot of attention, that needs to be constantly uh, uh, proven that you care about them. Uh, they might need uh, constant reinforcement that you're not cheating on them. You know, Where were you? What were you doing? You might end up with that. No freedom. No trust. And what kind of life does that leave uh, li- uh, you know leave you with? Not a happy one, because that's what happens. You become a serial monogamist into one relationship to another relationship to another one. It, it, it's interesting. I have a friend of mine that uh, called me last week, and uh, she was talking about uh, she's been married a few times. Uh, I think uh, she, she's just coming out of the third marriage. And uh, I, I, she was telling me a story about her. We all have our story. She was telling me a story about her childhood and how it was. And her mom and dad were really not the providers. And she had to always worry about there was going to be food or if there was going to be a roof over her stomach up to all the time she was about 16. And she met a guy and she moved him out and moved in with him. And um, she had been in uh, one relationship after another, getting married very quickly soon after dating. And uh, always found herself in that same position. i got to get out of this. I'm not happy. This isn't what I want. And I, I just said to her, I said, well, see, these marriages, these relationships, these are a cycle in your life. Did you ever consider that? It's a cycle. And how about this? You talk often about this you know, relationship with your parents, and they're uh, providing for you, and you having to kind of fend for yourself. I don't think there's a coincidence. I believe that you have been brought here by your choice into that situation because you came here to take care of yourself this time. But what you keep doing is giving up on that quest and instead finding a man that can take care of you. I need a man to take care of me. I want to be put up on a pedestal. I don't want to work. You know, all this stuff. Well, guess what, honey? You probably came here to experience, I can take care of myself. I am self-sufficient. 
I am a strong woman that doesn't need anyone who would love to have a special person in my life, but I don't need that person in my life. It's something to add to my joy, not to create my joy. And did it help her out? Really? It really makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, it did help yeah. her out. She started to look at it. Now, now again, she agreed. She could see it, but can she break the cycle? You know, it, it, will she be able to accept that information and say, "Listen, okay, you're right, and I can do this." So I am going to experience what I came here to experience. Probably in a past life, she was catered to, right? given everything she needed without having to fend for anything on her own. And now she says, no, this time I want to experience what it's like to be on the other side of that. So we'll see. But if she doesn't, guess what? It's going to repeat the cycle again. She's going to find a man, you know, and looking for someone to take care of her. It's going to be a needy person. Uh, Most likely, and so far, what I've seen is uh, jealousy and infidelity in all the relationships in her life see what happens but it's a choice you know you either do it go through it experience it learn from it accept the growth of your soul and then i bet the right person will come into her life and i bet all her finances will be fine and i guess she'll start to enjoy who she is and find somebody else who enjoys who she is as well who she also enjoys but it's all a choice. It's all a yep. choice. Everything we do in life is all a choice. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I am an author, believe it or not, and a teacher of metaphysical lore. I have a uh, weekly, uh, well, actually, a uh, a daily talk radio show, and uh, we have guest psychics on, and uh, we offer uh, readings and counseling throughout the week, and uh, and everything is a teaching. You know, somebody calls in and they they have a an issue or they want to look into something, and then that creates a uh, lesson for somebody else. So uh, I'm living my dream. I'm living my passion. Basically, that's what it is. And uh, I write a lot of inspirational books, all from my different experiences. And uh, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a teacher. All good other things. things. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I, I'm never the same person that I was even the day before. Every moment changes us all. You know, every moment, this moment, I'm, uh, you know, uh, this Ron Ash, and a couple of moments later, I have something changing. We're never the same person. You know, how do you really answer that? You know, I think uh, the uh, one that we lovingly refer to as God answers it the best, I am that I am, right? An ever-changing creation, creating being. I am that I am. That's so powerful. Just those those few small words, very small words. I am that I am. Ever changing. 
always growing. Never so, what the same got you, thing uh, twice. so what got you into doing radio? I, uh, it was just happenstance. Again, another thing on the string of the way. I, I was uh, uh, working at a car dealership selling some cars and uh, ended up crossing paths with a woman who had a uh, radio network. And she said, you should be on the radio. Well, that's because, you know, I'm, I, no matter what I'm doing, I'm still that same person. So I must have been talking to her and something I said struck a chord. And um, I says, yeah, okay, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i do it. So I started off in Boston on uh, AM 1510, Revolution Boston, in uh, Quincy, Massachusetts, actually. Uh, Marina Bay, beautiful place if you're ever up in the Boston area. Check it out. It's a beautiful boardwalk up. restaurants help just had written uh, uh, the uh, my second book called the being and uh, you know I said that I wanted that to be the name of the show and then uh, she kind of added with Ron Ash and then being with Ron Ash started and I really didn't know what the show was going to be and, you know next thing you know it was there there I'm in the studio and they're counting down five four three two one you know, and I'm on the air. We just started rolling right there. And once I did it, I was like, wow, I got to do this every day. You know, I, I I can't. It was a once a month deal. I said, I can't wait once a month. So okay. uh, I actually, uh, I think it was this probably set after my second show, I discovered Blog Talk Radio. And I said, wow, that, at that time, you could do it. A, uh, I think it was a one hour show. And there was no charge for it. So I started doing that one hour. And, um, then they switched it and they said they brought it down to a half hour. But by the time my show had uh, grown, uh, I couldn't do it in a half hour. So I had to, uh, you know, buy the time package or whatnot. And I went uh, from, uh, you know, the hour to uh, two hours every day, uh, in addition to doing the uh, AM 1510 show. So it just kind of snowballed. I started getting all these guests. And, you know, it's been a learning experience for me as as well as for the people that have been on the show. I mean, we did get a lot of uh, authors from uh, New Page Books, some from Hay House and other publishing companies. And uh, often we have uh, publicists dropping us a line, you know, uh, every couple of days uh, looking to get uh, one of their authors on. And uh, I trust it. You know, I trust it. They send the book out. I uh, peruse the pages, uh, formulate some questions, and um, we talk about it on the air. You know, whether it's ancient aliens or a uh, a person that's written an inspirational book, uh, How to, you know, Live a Better Life or or whatnot. Um, You know, we we have them on. We've had uh, Anita uh, uh, Borjani on, who actually tours with the, Wayne Dyer, we've had a great show with Greg Braden on. Greg Braden's an, an awesome guy, really brought out a lot of uh, information about uh, science and spirituality and how a lot of information is not uh, leaking out into the mainstream media. That some theories that have been taken as fact and are still being taught in our schools have been debunked by science itself. Like Darwin's theory of evolution as it uh, applies to Man, that man is relatively has not changed at all in 200,000 years. That there is, believe it or not, I don't know if you heard this, but there is just as much similar DNA in a chihuahua 
as there is in Neanderthal man. He, they have found that Neanderthal was not uh, human at all. It does not share any, any significant amount of our DNA. They actually found an infant Neanderthal with the DNA still intact, and they took that DNA and they tested it. And like I said, they came to find that there is just as much similar DNA in that Neanderthal as there is in a Chihuahua. So we could say we came from Chihuahuas, really. Imagine that. Yeah, if they go Some back reason. far enough, you never know what, what all the DNA is going to be mixed up with. <laughs> For some reason, you know, the government does not want to let this information out, although you can read it in scientific journals. But think about it. How many Americans are going to get their nose into a scientific journal and, uh, you know, read that information? I, I, I don't think I've ever opened up a scientific journal. No, I don't think I have either. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, they it, uh, the Darwin's theories have apply uh, do apply to uh, you know uh, uh, lesser animals, but for the humans, no, no, this does, does not apply. And most of that is from uh, you know we talk about birds and long beaks versus short beaks, and how over time that they had to develop these uh, different features, you know, uh, in order to survive or uh, perish. So you know that's. Uh, uh, also, survival of the fittest was talked about, that it's not a natural state. The natural state of man and mankind is uh, mutual cooperation, believe it or not. Mutual cooperation. Not war. They said that something somewhere about 5,000 years ago happened and created this uh, warring man that we see today. Interesting. Anita Morjani gave some interesting information about the other side in her interview. Uh, she wrote a book called Dying to Be Me, where she actually was in the operating room uh, suffering from a terminal cancer. And uh, she actually left her body. And, and she says that uh, she, heaven's not a place. It's a state, state of being. She became one with everything. And that's exactly what it is. You become one with everything. Pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention to all the signs and all the miracles in your lives that happen every day. You know, I remember my first experience uh, with really uh, connecting, connecting with the spirit that passed uh, actually the night before. An acquaintance of mine asked me to drive my motorcycle in the funeral procession of a friend of his. And I'm saying to myself, boy, I really don't, I don't even know this. But I hardly know the guy who's asking me, and I don't know the person who had passed at all. But he said that that was his last wish, to have a motorcycle procession at his funeral. And the guy said, Ron, you know, I understand if, you're not, if you don't want to do it or not. And, I, you know, I said, well, we'll, we'll see. You know, if I can do it, uh, you know, I'll do it. Uh, went to bed. Woke up the next morning from what I can only identify as an angel bell. It was a bell tone that I had never experienced before in my life. So I call it an angel bell. So woke up, 
started walking into the bathroom, and then suddenly, boom, I felt this energy go right through my body. You know what I'm talking about, just that energy of of spirit right then and there. And I says, I guess I'm riding in this funeral to the procession today. Got ready, uh, drove down to I had a bill, uh, an auto accessory store, and I kept my motorcycle down there. Drove down there, got on the motorcycle, uh, drove to the uh, church, got there just in time. This is how perfectly the whole thing is orchestrated if you just allow that guidance to take place. And I uh, had no intention of going inside the church. You know, I, it was parked out there, and there were some other guys that were riding the procession also out of the church. And uh, for some reason, something was pulling me to go inside that church. Walked up the stairs, went inside the, uh, the foyer area there, and uh, peeked my head uh, through and, you know, saw the uh, family members uh, dressed in their black suits um, on the right side of the church there. And suddenly, I uh, didn't know it was his father, but it was the father of the man who had passed. Uh, who had actually had cancer for many, many years since he was a kid. Uh, I think he was in his 20s at this point. And as soon as I looked at the father, I just felt the energy of the ascended uh, man that had had passed, whose funeral it was. And um, I just kept experiencing the joy and his excitement. He He was healthy. He was strong. He was just amazed at where he was, where his spirit was, and what he was experiencing. And that was the reason why I had to be there that day. And I also had to give him a message, you know, that he loves his dad and that he appreciated his dad and that he's there and he's healthy and he's happy and he's excited. That's what you do. Seven days a week, right? Uh yeah, constantly. <laughs> Seven days a week, and that's a big question that many people have. You know, sometimes they they leave us, and you know, there there may be some animosity. We we might think that you know we failed them in some way, or they're disappointed in us, and that's not the case. No. But this is no, the, a very healing type of service to offer humanity. There's nothing demonic about it. There's nothing uh, in the biblical teachings that is contrary to uh, what you do or what anyone does uh, in, in this uh, field. It's a, it's a therapeutic type of thing. It's a way to connect people. And we all can connect. You know, it, it, it's a muscle. And we're going to find that uh, 2012 to 2032, more and more people are going to come out. More and more people are going to begin to experience incredible things, seeing angels. They're going to uh, communicate with spirits. There's going to be a lot of things going on. It's time for us to all start stepping into ourselves again. And that's exactly what I did on that day. I stepped into myself. You know, I, I connected and I was given this understanding and the ability to be uh, communicator and a messenger. It's always nice that we can be those messengers of people. Yeah. And help you know, help their lives and all too. 
So you want to take a couple of calls? All right. Let's do it. All righty. Bring on Tempest. Hello, Tempest. Hello. How are you? Great. How can we help you? Um, Actually, it's a lot of negativity that's happening around me right now. Um, I feel that I'm in a, a transgression phase where I, I need to move on from a lot of past things that I probably have been, you know, repetitious in around the people and the things and the way I think and handle certain situations. So some of the things that he said tonight really did resonate with me. And um, I really do appreciate uh, what you were sharing with everyone. Um, it's a situation in my life that I just wanted to know, just to be honest, just to really know if a person, well, even though he's my ex, I was friends with a girl named Jatine. My ex name is Roderick, and I wanted to know, was there any intimacy between the two of them? Because I think it is so. <laughs> so was there any intimacy? Now run that by me again. <laughs> yeah. Share between the two of them. I think it's more on her part than his. But sometimes, like during these days, you can't really put it past nobody. Well, what's, what do you what do you feel from it? I think that you know we're talking about uh, people opening up and our intuitions and certain feelings and emotions that we have, and a lot of times it's it's not for no reason. There is a reason why we feel a certain way, and 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 Michael's talking earlier about a lot like why you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it and say, why do I feel this way? You know, what what is the reason? Is it just a, a feeling I'm getting in my gut? Is there something that is in me that uh, continually feels that way, whether it's a, this relationship or it's been a, a past relationship? You know, what, what what do you really think? When this thought first came to your mind, what were you, what were you thinking? Um, Actually, someone brought it to my attention. Um, Like over the course of the period of time before they even brought it up, It'll be certain situations that I'll hear from her moreover than him. And when a person brought brought it up as far as them together, that's when I began to question. But I keep leaning more towards her than actually him. I just wanted to know if they actually did, you know, go. But you're, be- you're not together anymore? Um, No, we separated. We separated from it. Took a break, rather. All right. So something wasn't right. Yeah, something just wasn't right in that relationship. And I knew that. Who initiated the break? Um, Actually, he did. He, he initiated did. the break? Yes. And then how long ago was that? Uh, like two months ago. Two months ago. When did you start hearing that he was uh, together with the... Uh, the, well, what was her name, Marjorie? Um, um, Jatan. Her name is Jatan. Oh, okay. Um, yesterday, actually, someone brought it okay, to my so attention. Two, two months later. So yeah. you're you're telling yourself the relationship really really wasn't working for either one of you. No, it it really wasn't. You know, it was like things that that I we could have worked on, but over a course mm-hmm. period of time, I felt in my heart that it would have gotten worse. Yeah. So that, what's it matter? Yeah. <laughs> really, right. what's it matter? You're putting right. energy into this relationship that's, you know, no, gone, you know. It, it doesn't make any sense to even, like, you know, think about it anymore. But mm-hmm. you have to say to yourself, why? 
am right. I thinking about this? Because it might not have anything to do with him. It might have something to do with her in your relationship with her. Mm-hmm. So that's what you have to look at. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm feeling, really. I'm feeling that it really has nothing to do with him. You know that he really wasn't, you know, what you were looking for. And, you know, things weren't working. It didn't feel right between the two of you. You know, you, you ended it. But there's something between you and this girl that you have to look at, that you have to work on, and say, wait a second, why do I feel this way? Who cares? Right. And solve that issue. Because this is, a, this is a mirroring effect that's going on here. Something that you need to work on inside yourself is being married back to you by this woman. Okay. Nothing to do with him. Nothing okay. to do with him. Okay. All right. Thank what do you. What you think, Michael? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had I got distracted there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So look, well, think about it though. What, what do you What do you think? How long have you known the other woman? Um, for some years, probably like four for or five some years. years. And how has your relationship been? With me and her, it's it's been rocky. It's been real rocky. With our friendship, um, her boyfriend didn't like me for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's it's like we had to hide our friendship, you know, like hide friendships. Like I can mm-hmm. be, I'm there for her unconditionally as a friend whenever she needs me. But when I needed her, she was never there. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, and I and I told her about it, you know, one day at the church. You know, it was brought to my attention. Yeah. And I let her know about it, and we haven't been friends ever since. It's probably been like a week. Since I told her what I told her, but it's been born for some time about the fact that how she handled our friendship, I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So. And, and why don't why don't you like it? Very, because very be, because if because it isn't right. If I'm giving a person you know kindness and true friendship, I will want it back in return. Mm-hmm. That's right. Without hiding. You're looking for a reciprocation from that relationship, um, and you're not getting it right. in that way. So you're feeling this uh, 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 unfairness. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I, you know, loving you, giving to you, mm-hmm. you know, and you are basically, you know, kind of putting other things uh, ahead of me. It's like, you know, that like a fair weather friend type of deal. Right. You know, she's not giving you what you need in that relationship. Yeah. I don't know why it's hard for me to realize these things and just move on. Like, I don't understand. I know it's a process. Yeah, that's what you have to do. But you have to really see if you don't learn, if you don't look into this relationship with this woman and you don't say this is definitely what it is, this is definitely what bothers me and say, you know something, I understand that. I've learned from that. I'm not going to repeat that again and move on, and you won't repeat that again. But if you don't look at the relationship and come to that conclusion of, and, of, and gain understanding through it, guess what? There's going to be another friend that's going to come up or another uh, romance. Uh, it doesn't matter. It could be either or, mm-hmm. and that will create another cycle, and you'll have that same cycle of a relationship again. Yeah, you know? that is so true. So – why is it important that somebody treats you that way? Do you really need someone to be anything more than they are and to give you anything more than they can give? Maybe you just have to say, you know something, this is this is who she is. Mm-hmm. I accept her for that. 
and this is who I am, right. and know that this is what you know what what you want from the next friendship and the next relationship, or, or whatever the case may be. But yeah. take some time, meditate, and really look into that relationship. Look back over, like Michael wrote up a bunch of stuff. You know, the uh, going through his life. You know, I, I actually did it. I actually, I actually did it last night. Um, in regards to a relationship, and I wrote down all these things that I wanted and I didn't want, and I really got a clear picture of what was going on there in that relationship. Very healing, you know, and it really made me. Un- I learned a lot about myself from it. Seven billion people in the world. Plenty of room for friends. Yeah. Choose them it wisely. Is, right. And it shouldn't be a need. A need. It's like, I don't know what is up with this. It's not even like I know I need a friend or need a man. You know, uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah, we, we like to communicate. We're communicating wanna... beings. We like to discuss. We like to have people to share our yeah. lives with. And that's key, you know, we're, we're not forfeiting our lives for somebody else, and we don't want to put ourselves in that position. We want to share our lives with somebody. We want to share this experience that we're having uh, on Earth. I mean, she, you know, uh, many times we have to use empathy. We have to say, well, if I was in her shoes and I had this relationship with this man who seems to be very uh, domineering, very controlling, um, he does not like her to have girlfriends because he is insecure about himself. And he feels if he has girlfriends, she's going to be out there and she's going to meet somebody else and there's all this tension going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not all about her, although it is a great part is about your relationship with her, but she's going through her own thing. That's she's right. got a problem. Right. She's got a big problem with this guy. And until she comes to grips with that, She's going to continue to cycle with men like that, and she's giving up who she is to try to accommodate this fine young fellow who is extremely jealous and controlling. <laughs> is and, that just off of what I was telling you, or is that just something that you just sense from, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, can you sense that, or you, is it just yeah, from what I sense it. It's very strong, yeah. yeah. He's, he's very jealous, very insecure. Very controlling. Does not like other females around his girl. Giving her ideas. You know, taking her out. She's not in a good position with this guy. Can I ask you a question? Just one question. Um, Could you see what I was experiencing in my past relationship with Roderick? What What was I going? You know, what What do you see me going through? What was I experiencing? Like you were telling that's my, a, that's, that my that's something that, that you have to look at because that's your experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to write down. You know, the, from day one, what happened? You know, we met. I agreed to go out. We started dating. We we did this, and then something happened, and then that changed, and then something happened, something else changed, and then you know you can go right to the end there, and you say, wait a second, this this isn't working. You know, that's that's an exercise for you to do. Mm-hmm. You got to look at that. You have to look into that relationship. But he doesn't really want you to give her 
too much information about him. He wants to keep a lot of stuff quiet. So, you know. Okay. All right, you know. But uh, don't shrug it off. Look at it. Examine the relationship, you know, and uh, take what you can from it. And then get a piece of paper, and uh, you can draw stick figures if you want, or you can, you know, uh, put his name on it, you know, and just, you know, tear it a half, throw it away, or just burn it, get rid of it, start fresh. You don't All need right. to think about that stuff anymore. That's the past. That's the past. You know what's real? Right now. That breath that you're, you're taking right now, that's the only yeah. thing that's real. The past is gone. You can't change it, right? The future's right. not here yet. We don't know what that's going to be. So let's not even put our energy there. Let's put our energy into right now, man. You know, learn from these things that we've uh, been through, learn from these relationships, learn from these experiences. Yeah. Get to where we're at right now in this moment in time that moment before thought where creation takes place, and that's where we can take back the power and we begin to move forward in the direction of our dreams. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome to hang in there. All right. You know, a, a lot of times I talk about my uh, GGS system. Have I ever talked to you about that before? You know about so. GP, GPS, right? Yeah. There's a GPS unit in your vehicle, and um, uh, many people will find if they're in their garage or if they're pulling out of their driveway and maybe it's cloudy or there's trees, that the GPS can't find your little GPS unit, right? And it never tells you to proceed to the highlighted area. So you have to kind of just, you know, maybe back up, maybe go on the road a little bit, and then finally it connects. And what happens is it, it realizes it, it finds your location. It knows where you are. So GGS is actually the God guidance system where we need to know where we're at so that path can be laid out for us, those directions, those instructions to tell us where to go next. So if we don't know where we are right now, if we're not being honest with ourselves, if we don't you know, look at ourselves for who we are and understand maybe it's the relationships that we're in, um, you know, the, the, the career that we have chosen for ourselves, why we have chosen it, um, you know, why are we happy, why are we sad, you know, why are we blaming this person for where we are today or how we feel. If we don't really be honest with ourselves, knowing our gifts, knowing what we need to work on um, in all these different areas of our life, there's, there's no way that you can move, move forward. You need a sure footing. You need to know where you are, are at right now. That's where GGS comes into play, that God-guidance system. You can't get to where you're going until you find out where you're at. We have to know where we are right now. And then we can clear out all the junk, all that past stuff. Boy, we're so so great about going back and trying to we can't change the past. It's done. The only thing that we can change about the past is how we look at it, right? Yep. And you got to make sure you look at it and uh, coming from different angles, really. Yeah. Yeah. Take the good in it, even if it was bad. Take that betrayal and say, you know something? But when I look at it in, in, in hindsight, if he didn't betray me, I wouldn't be here today doing what I love. I would have been stuck in doing what I didn't want to do. You know, if if she didn't 
cheat on me, I would have been stuck in that unhappy relationship where I didn't feel satisfied, I didn't feel loved, I didn't feel fulfilled, and I would not have this wonderful partner in my life today. All those things moved us forward. The string of the way. What is bad will be used for good, and what is good will be used for greater. It's a beautiful thing. Well, better we go ahead and we'll take a short little break. All right. Okay, and then we'll talk some more. Okay. And we'll be right back in just a minute, everybody.
uh, with ourselves about, you know, who we are, you know, our current skills and abilities and um, identifying our gifts and our passion, but also not blaming, blame and lying to ourselves about certain things. We all have our story, right, Michael? Everybody has their perception about what happened. Um, if it was a, uh, you know, uh, argument or uh, problems in a uh, relationship at work or at home or, or whatnot, um, you know, not really finding the truth in what happened could create a big problem for you because you're never really getting that uh, strong footing. You know, you're building your house on the sand, basically. So we have to be careful. The ego tends to ask us in an ever so loving way to uh, change the story a little bit to make it a little more palatable. And uh, many times if we can do, we do that and we tell the story over and again, um, we begin to believe those lies. And what happens is we will ask our friends, uh, you know, we'll tell those lies to our friends. And then when it comes time to ask our friends for advice, they are going to give us advice based on the lies that we have told them. And we are always going to make the wrong decision uh, based on their information because their information is coming from an untruth. Have you ever had a situation like that or seen a client that had a similar situation where they had been lying to themselves for so long and uh, they had begun to tell those stories to their friends and then they started to ask their friends for advice and their friends gave the wrong advice over and again? Yep. Oh, yeah, it helps numerous times. <laughs> it's very common, and it's uh, such a slippery slope, and we're so good at it. And with every story, well, every time we tell that story to someone else, it becomes more and more truth for us. We begin to believe it. And we don't know. They're innocent bystanders, our friends and associates, but they're taking in all this information, and now you come to them and you're like, oh, so-and-so is doing this. What should I do? And they are going to take all the lies that you told them and they're going to uh, analytically look at it and they're going to formulate a hypothesis and the best course of action. And then guess what? They're going to give you some very wrong advice. But it's never too late. Never too late. Definitely, definitely never too late. But yeah, it's... Uh... You know, you can only give out the information for um, for the facts that you know. Mm-hmm. And if those yeah. uh, happen to be based on lies, well, then that's you know that's what you're giving the information on. Yeah. And you end up in a very bad place, and you don't feel well, and you're uh, upset, and you find yourself uh, alone and asking yourself, "Why am I here?" And poor me, and you start. Uh, getting into that victim stance and then that victim stance gets stronger and um, you begin to enact the great science of metaphysics into your life (laughs) to give you more of that, Uh, you know, more of sadness, more of a victim stance, more of poor me, why me, why does everybody do this to me, you know, I'm such a good person. And you create your experience from that without even knowing. Yeah. 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 So that's a sign. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a sign you feel bad. 
There's a reason for it. It's because you have wandered away from Source, the creator of all things, who we lovingly refer to as God. You have uh, moved away, always connected, but you have moved away, and your connection is greatly diminished. And when you have a diminished connection, you do not feel happy, joy. You don't experience abundance. You experience lack. You feel sadness, you feel loneliness, you're still connected, you just have to turn that all around, and uh, you have to get intentional. I mean, let's talk about it at uh, the uh, metaphysical church, how people can use certain tools. Just smiling in the mirror sometimes can begin to shift that vibration, you know. But I think in this case, the most important thing really is to get back to the truth find out the truth and it's not always cut and dry sometimes no. it's you know if it's it's between two people you know there, there were some mutual issues there you know and you've got to be honest and forthright and say well you know this part of it was me you know that part of it may have been them but let me use the powers of empathy and see what was that person going through why would they have acted that way? You know, the most common phrase we hear is, why would they do that to me? I just don't understand it. Why would they do it to me? You're saying the question, but you're not really looking for the answers. You're not even, you know, looking and saying, let me communicate with my higher self and see, you know, what were the scenarios? There's usually only a handful of things that, that could have, I had an experience with somebody that betrayed me and, and it stemmed from his lack of self-esteem with his wife. He felt as if that when she started making more income than him, um, he felt that he had to boost his own income up. So there was a, how do I put this? <laughs> a redirection of funds. You know? Uh-oh. And yeah. it wasn't an attack on me. He was backed into a corner. He had his family there. He had his, his wife. His his wife began to treat him differently, you know, when she started making more than him. And, and this was an ego problem. You know, this this was a problem with his own uh, uh, interpretation of what it was to be a man. Had nothing to do with me. Could have been anybody. So with empathy, I can look at it and I can see, okay. I understand, and then just forgive, let it go. Forgiveness is the, the most important thing. Yeah, let you have go. to go ahead and let it go so you can move forward, too. Yeah. You can't carry all that stuff or all that junk. You know, the day that I forgave him, yeah, I, I said to myself, you know, I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to feel all that animosity. I don't want to wish for his demise. I don't want to feel that way. As soon, yeah. as, I said, as, soon as I said, you know, I, I'm going to make the call, I called him up. I said, listen, you know, whatever your reasons were for doing what you did, I want you to know that I forgive you. You know, let's just let bygones be bygones. And even if he he didn't accept it, he didn't accept that. But it didn't matter. When I hung up the phone, let me tell you something, Michael, I, I could have been hovering Six to 12 inches off the floor, I was just this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. Huge. 
And that's when miracles started happening in my life, one after another, the synchronicities, you know, the not so coincidental meetings with the right person. You know, I started finding myself, you know, that's when I began to really, you know, uh, get so much information from spirit, from the ascended masters, from the guides, you know, information would flow. I would start the automatic writing. And, you know, here we are, five books later. Nothing would have happened if it wasn't for that betrayal. And and, and if I took that betrayal and I said, I'm going to get this person, guess what? You know what happened that day when I was lifted 12 inches off the floor? I was promoted. That was my promotion. I was lifted up to my next level in this infinite ascension. I had accomplished something. Immediate forgiveness. Let it go. Let it go. And it's something opened up. It was amazing. We talk about, you know, uh, guidance systems, you know, being directed to different types of, um, you know, I'll, I'll say churches, but they weren't all churches, different organizations, different schools of thought, you know, uh, like from one to another. And, and I would learn from them. And then I would recognize the, the similar vein of truth that existed within them all. And I can also discern when man stood in, stepped in with his ego and said, you know, I need to control. And then when I saw that, I said, okay, I, I, I've got the valuable information. It's time for me to move on. And, and that's just what will happen. And that's what's starting to happen to more and more people. It's starting to open up this whole thing, 2012 to 2032. It's going to be a beautiful time. It's not a time to be afraid. It's a time to really rejoice, and, and we're really coming into something that's revolutionary, revolutionary, big changes. Have you read anything about the 2012 transition, any books or anything like that? Uh, nothing really. Um, just what I've been reading you know, online, different articles coming up. And, and Yeah, I had ordered a book via Kindle. I'm actually reading it on my smartphone right now by Diana Cooper called 2012 and Beyond. Highly recommend this book. I'm going to have her on the show really soon. Um, I sent an email out to her. Well, I, I asked her to be on the show, and she wants to be on, and uh, sent an email out to her publicist with some potential dates, but really some amazing stuff, different portals that will be opening and different places and different times. She's channeling a lot of information. I believe that's what it seems to to uh, to be to me. She's getting a lot of information about locations of these portals and uh, when they're opening, and, and also she goes into the uh, changes that will be happening in the uh, different countries in the world. And um, well, one of the last things that I was reading last night was about the uh, uh, China and Japan and how they feel that the Western uh, civilization is not very spiritual and how that's all shifting and they're going to start to really, uh, you know, open up and uh, India and how it really took a, uh, a turn for the worse with the uh, commercialization and industrialization and how they've really gotten away from uh, their light and their spirit there by really like pushing. I don't know. I, I, I have a lot of Indian friends and um, they're really all about culturally these kids are under so much pressure and to the point of suicide if they can't accomplish the goals that the parents have set forth for them in regards to uh, grades in school or 
um, you know, career or whatnot. It's a lot of pressure. They they are actually taking their own lives. It's a exodus from spirituality to uh, capitalism to the detriment of the children of that country. Unbelievable stuff. But that's all going to change. It's all going to start coming back. I think she said probably around uh, 2022. I'm going to start to come back. Tibet will be a light and a beacon once again. Um, China will relinquish control um, of that country. So, yeah, Diana Cooper, 2012 and beyond, interesting stuff. This is all part of what we're doing here, too, um, with shows like yours and um, teaching people, you know, uh, about this stuff, about spirit, about how there is no here and there that really it's all around us all the time and we can all access it. We're all connected to it. We all feel it. Sometimes we get that little, some people call them chill bumps, chills or goosebumps or whatnot. That's your connection. Just letting you know that's your connection. But don't be scared of it. It's not a scary thing. My son told me a funny story today on the way to the beach. He said uh, he didn't know much about his astrological sign, uh, so he Googled it. Uh, Probably about six years ago this happened. He's uh, 13 now, so he he was uh, relatively young. And um, all of a sudden, cancer came up, and he got so scared, he started to cry. He thought he had cancer. He thought that was his uh, (laughs) his horoscope. Oh gosh, he was telling me in the car today, but you you know, and my wife had to explain to him exactly. You know, that's not that's your sign, and that's not really your horoscope, and this and that. But you know, some people are scared. They're scared of what we do. You know, they don't understand it. Just like this nine-year-old, he didn't understand. And a lot of it too is, um, you know, religion. Religious groups uh, use fear. In order to try to control us, and especially now with uh, 2012 going on, you know they're uh-huh. definitely turning up the uh, you know the the, the noxes on that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, that fear factor because yeah. that's how and, you control. Yep. And that's they're really control. trying to go ahead and uh, and scare people. Yeah. Make people afraid, and you can control them. That's yes. what they've been doing for years, and our government does it. Scare people. Scare them enough, yeah, we can control them. Yep. They ha- how? How? Just think about the uh, September 11, 2001, the Twin Towers. That put a lot of fear in the American people, and that uh, caused us to relinquish a lot of our civil rights. Fear. Voluntarily giving them up. Yeah, Every time you go to the airport, <laughs> you experience. Oh God! It. Oh yes. You know? Yeah. Fear. And and you can go to one airport, you'll experience one thing. Go to another, you'll experience something different. That's right. Yeah. Because I I went with uh, you know my mother-in-law called. I went and dropped her off at the airport one time to go pick up a flight, and I said, well, you know, am I able to go ahead and walk her, you know, bring her in a, in a wheelchair? 
to the to the gate. Mm-hmm. And here I am, you know, I'm at Tampa International Airport, and they're like, oh yeah, not a problem, you know, we'll give you a temporary pass to go, and you know, no problem. So I go through security with her the whole bit. So she was flying to go and see, um, you know, a great niece over in California. So I told her, I said, well, you'll be able to go ahead and wheel her in a wheelchair up to the gate so that she doesn't have mm-hmm. to go alone. Sacramento Airport, she's like, well, you know, can I wheel her, you know, wheel my grandmother up to the gate and all? You know, it's her great-grandmother, actually. So, you know, let me wheel my uh, great-grandmother uh, over to the gate so that's where she's not alone. They're like, no, you can't go past security. So it's like, you know, one airport you can, another airport you can't. Yeah. And you know what that tells us, that security is really just an illusion. And that's what people have to understand about a lot of the knowledge that we have come to hold as truth, like our jobs, our pensions, our insurances, all these things that give us a nice little cozy feeling inside that we're safe and we're protected and we're loved. One day they they could all be gone. Yeah. Social Security. I stopped believing in that a long time ago. Yep. <laughs> I I've had experiences where I had insurance. Something went wrong. I had my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. Yet the insurance company said oh, we're not going to pay. So guess what? I, every time I wrote that check to that insurance company, I had that warm fuzzy feeling inside, but. In reality, when it came time and I needed that money, no, they stalled it. We're not going to pay. No. There's a stipulation. I had a. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. I had a uh, commercial property, um, nine thousand square feet, two floors. So you know the the roof area was about forty five hundred square feet. And I hired a roofer, very, very well recommended, worked for McDonald's all over the country, did all their roofs, uh, had insurance, you know, bonded and insured. I had insurance, talked to my agent, all set again, I's dotted, T's crossed. Um, he began the roofing job after I gave him a substantial deposit. And um, guess what? They didn't cover the roof properly during the job, and the place got flooded. You know, it rained about uh, really long and – well, it, it rained really hard for about 20 minutes, and it just totally flooded the place. Um, called the insurance company. Um, you know, it was taking so long. I just got in there, and me and a couple of friends, you know, cleaned it all up, got it ready in a week to get back into business again. We're back in business. The roof is back there. They're, they're working with a skeleton crew. They actually had one guy on the roof doing this 4,500-square-foot roof one day, and I went up there and I asked him, I said, listen, you know that they're, they're uh, forecasting torrential rains again. Did you get that one-piece tarp that your boss uh, picked up? Are you going to get that on? Oh, you want me to put it on? I said, what? Of course. We just went through this. He had a bunch of small tops the first time, duct taped together. It did nothing at all. Water was coming in like Niagara Falls. So now it's it's the next week. So the first time it happened on June 11th. Now a week later, I think it was on a Friday. You know, the, I said, "Are you guys working on Saturday?" Oh no, no, you'll be all buttoned up. You're gonna put that one piece tarp on the roof. Well, you want me to? And you know, so you know, I left in disgust. 
you know, figuring he was going to put it on there. Sunday, I get a call from one of my tenants. All the lights are out in the building. I hear water coming in. I don't know where it's coming from, so I had to tell her. I said, listen, just get out of there. I'm on my way. I went there. I opened the two uh, glass doors on the first floor and looked there. It was Niagara Falls in there. It was ridiculous. It had rain on that. It was Father's Day. I was actually at the table getting some uh, Father's Day cards for my kids when I got the call. Ran over there. Father's Day, uh, 2001, the the entire place. He never put the one-piece tarp on the roof, number one. It was just uh, planks up there, and the water was just coming in from all directions. I just shut the door, locked it, got in my car, and drove home. There's nothing I could do. Town condemned the building um, temporarily until the uh, inspection was done. The power was cut at the poles. I didn't even have the option to clean it up myself this time or even to try. Um, Again, the insurance company dragging their feet. You know, um, I had an SBA loan on the building, and it, with an SBA loan, I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but what you do is you actually put your home, your family home, is attached to that SBA uh, loan. My business was in the building, so guess what? I had no building. I couldn't run my business out of it. Um, if I didn't pay the mortgage, they would take my house, and my family would be out in the street. It was just a, it was a real bleak situation. I had accounts, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days accounts that were due payable. All the all the merchandise was ruined from the water damage. It was just not a good situation. But every time prior that I signed that check and I sent it in, warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm protected. I'm insured. If anything goes wrong, no problem. Well, you know, a, a month went by. A uh, month and a half, still out of business, but, you know, we, we finally ended up, uh, you know, getting it cleaned up myself, um, and it was very stressful. I mean, I had people looking for money. Their merchandise was gone. I didn't have the uh, money to pay them yet. It was all on account. You know, I was uh, very reputable in the industry for many years, and a lot of the vendors understood, and I told them the story. Some did, some didn't, but I would drive to work every day. Once I got the place back opened again with my hands on the wheel shaking every day, just dreading to have to go through this again. But I, I just didn't like the alternative, so I just kept doing it. A uh, couple of years went by, and I started the, the business was it started to boom. You know, I was up at like a million dollars in gross sales a year. It was unheard of for an auto accessory store in Rhode Island, of all places. And uh, you know, I, we 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 had a lot of good years, and then you know. It started to drop little by little. The economy started to turn. We got to the 2006, I could see. 2007, I could see it was getting worse and worse. 2008, you know what happened. You know, the economy crashed. I mean, those were uh, high-end accessories I was selling. Uh, My tenant had gone out of business um, the the year, uh, well, probably like uh, six months prior or something like that. And uh, so I was footing the mortgage myself. And uh, one day I went into the office and I opened up the checkbook. I'm getting ready to pay some bills, utility bills uh, in particular. Gas and uh, electricity. And I'm like, wow. And I had a couple of properties at the time that I was paying utilities for. So I was like, wow, I could barely pay these utility bills. 
And then I said to myself, you know, but it's pretty cold outside. What about the people that don't have hot water right now or heat? You know, what about the people that are in the dock right now? They don't have electricity. You know, they can't even run a, a little electric heater to try to keep themselves warm. What about those people? And here we come, here we come back to that question. Can you empathize with those people? Can you feel what their hearts are feeling? Can you experience what they are experiencing right now? And how does that make you feel? Well, let me tell you something. When I began to empathize with that, I felt this. I felt them in my heart. And I said to myself, you know, I barely have enough, but I do have enough. And I wrote a check out to the Good Neighbor Energy Fund for whatever I had left in that checkout account. Giving from the heart is so important. And so many people miss this. They appreciate all the things that uh, are out there, you know, especially like your show. And, you know, they, they, they love the fact that you're, you're helping, but they can't get over that. They can't get over that giving, that because that, when you can't give, that means you're experiencing lack. And I said, I don't know. I've always been taken care of. I said, I am going to write this check. I wrote that check. I sent it out. The next day, I go into my office. Sit back down at the desk. I open up that checkbook again. The phone rings. And this is coming up like on seven years later. The phone rings. Hey, Ron, how you doing? I didn't know who it was. I had no idea. How you doing? I got some good news for you. I was like, yeah, what's the good news? Turned out it was the lawyer who was handling my case against the roofer who had uh, been negligent in uh, putting a new roof on my property who actually had paid half of the roof already, and then I had to pay somebody else to put a roof on. They want to settle. The insurance company wants to settle the case. To make a long story short, I think it was a few days later, they set, they decided they were going to settle the case for $190,000. I had nothing in my checking account the night before. Nothing. $190,000. By the time uh, the attorneys got paid and I got the money, I was driving to Providence to pick up a check for $145,000. Nice. Imagine that. Because when you give from your heart with all sincerity, knowing that you have just planted an incredible seed, that's when it really happens, man. That's when it really happens. But if you're on the fence and you just can't do it, that's a hurdle. You're going to have to work on that. You're going to have to get to that that place in your life where you can give and understand that there's an endless flow of abundance always available for you. But if you do the opposite, you're affirming lack every time. Yeah. And you can't go ahead and give. With the uh, with the understanding, it's like, oh, if I'm going to go ahead and give all this, then you know, I know I'm going to go get something back. You have to give without even thinking of that's whether right. you're going to get it back or not. That's right. Like I, that's what was so powerful about it, because I I've given before, but but this time I really gave from the heart, that empathy. I felt those people, and I I could experience their need, and as I just kind of like. Threw caution to the wind and said, you know something? I'm going to send the money into this thing. The next day, imagine that, the next day, 
more money than I ever that, that, than I had ever seen in my lifetime. It's amazing how the universe helps out. And you know, spirit knows our capabilities. Spirit knew back then in 2001 that I could handle it, that I could get through it, that it might be difficult. And it was. It was very trying. It was very stressful. But I could do it. I got through it. You know, I got that business back up and running again. I got the electricity turned back on in the building. I got it, it, it the building open for business. I took in new tenants. I uh, my business grew substantially during that time. I had probably about the the, the three or four of the best years of of that of that business I've ever had during that time period. I did it, and I know Spirit knows what we can do and what we can't do. God knows what we can handle, and we never yep. really get more than we can handle. And through it all, right? You got to squeeze the squeeze the orange to get the juice. <laughs> A lot of times we get squeezed, right? Oh yeah, but it is yep. amazing though when you go ahead and uh, you know it's like, oh, I don't know if I can handle this. You make it through, it and you're like, ah, hey, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, we do it. It's like so life's a roller coaster ride, you know, but you know we, we stick with it we, we do what we can do I mean sometimes too I mean sometimes you know money comes in in the strangest ways you 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 never really know you gotta think outside the box, you know you gotta live your purpose, you know rather than making your living, live your making, and as you live your making, you become passionate about it, you might not get it the way you think you're gonna get it. But it'll come in some odd way that you never expected. You know, I remember <laughs> one day I was uh, home and I got a call from a friend of mine. And uh, I used to call it my brother. It was an appliance truck. And I don't know if anybody's really familiar with it. It's like a hand truck, but it has a strap. So for carrying like a stove or it, uh a washer machine or a dryer or whatnot, and you kind of lean it back. So I've always had this appliance truck. It was my grandfather's. He probably had it for I don't know how many years before he passed um, for his business. And you know, I used to call it my brother because I had sisters, and I never really had anybody to help me carry stuff, you know, up and down the stairs or in and out of the basement or whatnot. So a friend of mine, actually the best man uh, uh, at my wedding, uh, wanted to borrow it. And I had it down at the uh, building that I was just talking about, and I said, "Yeah, I'll uh, let's uh, I'll meet you down there." I, I I had it on the market at that time, so I was getting ready to sell. And uh, I said, "I'm going to do some cleaning up down there anyway this afternoon." So he met me there, and he pulled up, and he says, "You know, Ron's a big puddle in front of your uh, building in the street right there." I says, "Yeah, there's some sump pumps in the building, and..." Um, because they were forecasting torrential rains, uh, I decided to, uh, you know, adjust them so they would go on uh, sooner than they had to, just as a uh, fail-safe. And, um, you know, he picked up the truck, and uh, he left, and then I adjusted the sump pumps back down to their normal settings, and then I left after a while. And the next uh, day or the day after, I came back, and I pulled into the parking lot, and... uh, there was water coming from out from under the doors in front of the building, all into the pocket, like, like it was flowing out like a river. I opened the door, 
there was about three or four inches of water inside the building. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God. I, I you know, I, I opened the doors up and, uh, you know, went in there and, uh, you know, uh, called my insurance company to let them know what had happened. And I said, listen, I know I probably don't have coverage because it's uh, flooding or uh, seepage or whatnot. Uh, but I just want you to know, you know, what's going on with the building and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, you know, Ron, I, w- I wouldn't be so sure, you know, what exactly happened. So it turned out that what happened was one of the uh, sump pumps had failed. So it fell under the equipment failure clause. And uh, I had actually fallen behind a little bit on the uh, mortgage payments for the property. And... Um, Called up my insurance agent. He gave me the number for the uh, main insurance company. I talked to him and told him what had happened, and uh, they ended up paying the claim. And the amount of the claim was exactly what I was behind and a little more on the mortgage. The thing is that when I went home that day after that store uh, first flooded like that, I was cursing that I had even bothered to help this person. I said, if I never – let him borrow that hand truck. This would have never happened. I never would have went uh, down there and you know uh, uh, moved the pump or or whatnot. And then I had to say to myself, "Wait a second, Ronnie. Think about it. Everything happens for a reason. Don't we say that all the time? Everything happens for a reason. You know, I had been praying thirty days prior for that exact amount of money that I received in that claim, praying for it. I put an order in for that exact amount of money." It took me a while to realize it afterwards, but I'm telling you, you 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 look at the check and you look at what I was looking for, it was exactly the same thing. So we don't know how it's gonna come. It comes in a way that we don't expect it. Never expect. Yeah, we just have to be open, uh open and accepting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Think outside the box. Trust. Have faith. Go with the flow. Yep. And once we do that, you know, your whole world will change. It's just going to be totally amazing. You'll be brought from one person to another person, and they'll say something, and then it'll strike a chord with you, and um, you'll create a network, you'll uh, build relationships You'll experience different things You'll learn different things You'll discover yourself And you'll grow What's the meaning of life? We're here to experience We're here to yep. learn That's all we're here for And we chose to come into the current situations that we're in Ah, so hard It is so hard for us to swallow that It really is Because we're like, I asked for this I picked my parents, or <laughs> you know? well, whatever the case may be. But yes, yes, this lifetime is just a tiny piece of a bigger puzzle. That's all it is. This is not the main thing. The main thing is those times when we're in spirit. And then we come back, we incarnate, 
and then we work on something else, or we work on the same thing if we didn't uh, resolve that. Like my friend, if she doesn't resolve her issues with her relationships and wanting to be taken care of, then guess what? She's going to have to come back and go through the same thing again until she stands up on her own two feet and says, you know something? I love myself. I'm capable. I'm strong. And I'm going to do this. And she does it because that's what she came here to do. That's why uh, she was gonna... into those parents. That's why she gets into those relationships. Yeah, it's interesting. You just got to go ahead and do like I, uh, you know, like I do every day. It's like, all right, bring it on. Yeah. What do you have in store for me today? Bring it on. Bring it on. Get it over with. Let me learn. Yeah. And don't look too far ahead. People look too far ahead. Don't forfeit the joy you can experience today for what may or may not be tomorrow. What can you do today to feel love, to feel joy? What can you do? And do those things right now. Every yeah, don't day, wait. every moment, there's something we can do. And definitely don't wait, because if you wait, and you're going to miss out on uh, you know a lot of opportunities. I have people in my life they they are never. I look at. I'm like, wow. You have been totally blessed. You've been blessed in all areas of your life, but they're worrying that it's not going to last. What's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> so, you never truly accepted the incredible gift and gave thanks for it of the present, right now, that moment before thought. You're not relishing in the joy of the experience. You're not reaping the reward of all the creation that you've put into effect from the past, whether it's from uh, work, whether it's from uh, visualization, whether it's from your exercises and affirmation, or uh, meditating and communing with the higher self, or connecting to whatever the case may be, all that stuff that you did, it's fruitless because you're not experiencing the only thing that's real, and the only thing that is real is now. That moment before I thought, oops, it's gone. That moment before, oops, there, it's gone again. That is where truth is. That is where God is right now. Not yesterday and trying to rearrange the story so it's more palatable for your ego. All right? It's not in... What may or may not happen tomorrow, you don't know. Look at my story. One day, less than zero in the checkbook. The next day, more money than I had ever seen in my lifetime. You don't know what's around the next corner. You know, why speculate? Why take them with the worst-case scenario? You know, we are so good at manifesting what we don't want. We're great at it. We've been practicing probably since grade school. You know, we are formulating affirmations. Oh, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. We're visualizing. We're seeing it, right? We've got our little storyboard of the worst-case scenario. We're going to be selling, uh, let's use a, uh, uh, a depression scenario. We're going to be selling apples on the street corner and living under a truck. We're so good at manifesting these things that we don't want. 
But we can use the same principles intentionally to change that and to create a life that we do want. And everybody wants something different. Nobody wants the same thing. You know, nobody wants the same thing. Some people care about a relationship. Some people care about money. Everybody wants something different. Some people want a car. Some people want a truck. You know, Alexis does nobody good in in, in the bush. <laughs> you know, but maybe yeah, no. in, in Boston, Massachusetts, it's great to drive over the bumpy roads. You know, who who knows? But we can use those same principles that we've been using for years, and we've been living our lives by default. If we just stop, start off on a clean slate, and say, "Listen, this is where I want to be up there," and you. You, you you get clarity in what exactly that is. Write it down. Write it down. This is what I want. This is why I want it. Storyboard it in your mind. This is what that looks like. And then feel it in your heart. It's the same principles that have been giving you all the things that you don't want. And, and you've been using these principles, law of attraction, they call it, metaphysics is the science of it. It's all the same thing. But Every school of thought has these underlying principles in there somewhere, whether it's the, the, the Bible or uh, teachings of Buddha or whatever it is. They're all in there. And what it's all about is acting as if you already have it right now. And when we are worried and we're in fear and we're uh, picturing the worst-case scenario in our minds and feeling it in our hearts, then we are spiraling down in that direction really quickly, really Fast. Be intentional. Use those same tools. You know your heart is five thousand times more powerful at, at than your mind. When you feel something in your heart, and that's the thing, we're so good at feeling all those negative emotions, all those fears, all those worries, all those worst case scenarios that we rush towards them. Spiraling down like a whirlpool into the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean. But we could take that power and we can use it to get excited. Get your hopes up and get them up as high as you can. You know, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you don't want to get your hopes up. No, you want to get your hopes up. Get them up as high as you can and keep them up there because that is what is going to separate the people that have from the people that have not. The people that have, whether it's yachts and luxury cars that turn you on or you know, having the freedom to get up in the morning and do what you want with your day, whatever the case may be, the people that are doing these things are operating with these principles. They are getting intentional about what they feel in their hearts, what they see in their mind's eye, and they are taking the necessary steps every day. And you could do it. In my book, Being, there's a, a chapter called Exercises for Success, and it talks about how to formulate these affirmations and how to use them every day and how to storyboard and visualize and set it up like it's an exercise program. If you go to the gym once every couple of months, you're not going to see any results. 
But if you use these principles, the principles of your mind, the principles of creation, and you use them every day on a regular basis, in the morning on the way to work, in the car, on the car on the way home from work, five minutes a day doing some affirmations about what you want, get clear on it, make a decision. You know, we're always glad to help. It's Michael's show, Metaphysical Church, my show. You call us up, we'll help you to formulate affirmations. You know, you want to visualize what's visualization. I call it storyboard because I'm from that realm. I was into you know, production, television production, producing and these things, advertising and marketing. But all it is is it seems like you go to a movie. Here's scene one. Here I am. You know, I, um, I want a house, so I'm sitting in that house. And what am I doing in there? I'm having breakfast. I'm having dinner. I might be cutting the grass. You know, uh, I, I, I want to work in a certain place. So what does that look like? You know, I get up in the morning, I drive there, I park my car, I go up in the elevator, I go to my office, I see this person, that person. Go there. Go to the job you want. Go to the business that you want to work for. Smell it. Experience it. Ride the elevator. Park your car in the parking lot. You know, these things are going to help you move forward confidently in the direction of your dreams. Definitely. So, Ron, how can everyone um, contact you and, and follow you on your radio show? They can uh, go to our website, beingwithronash.com, and uh, all the programs are there. My uh, uh, links to uh, my books and the books of uh, our uh, team members are all there, as well as their contact information. And uh, we broadcast weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and uh, Saturdays at 5 p.m. Cool. Well, I look forward to being uh, back on your show again real soon. Yeah. We'll get that, we'll get that, that uh, scheduled, I'm sure. You got it. And Thanks I want to thank me. you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always fun talking to you. I enjoy talking to you very much. So you have yourself a wonderful evening, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. You got it. All right, Ryan. Many blessings. You too. Uh, don't forget, everyone, uh, check out, too, Ron, you know, Ron does it uh, here on Blog Talk Radio for his uh, uh, radio shows. So check him out. Check him out on Facebook and all, and uh, tell him, you know, you appreciated him uh, joining us tonight. Never know what the shows are going to be like. Very informative, always inspiring, and uh, gives some insight into how to go ahead and live uh, your life to the fullest, what to expect for things coming up, and uh, how to go ahead and deal with them. So until tomorrow night, everyone. Oh, let me see real quick here. I forget who I have on tomorrow night. Don't forget. That's why I have co-hosts. So, but check out the website. Uh, don't forget to follow us on here, and uh, you'll get reminders of uh, upcoming shows, so you won't forget. And don't forget, call in 15 minutes earlier because you know the lines do fill up quickly. And come on, okay. Uh, Justin Mullins is going to be our guest tomorrow night. So go ahead and call in 15 minutes before time. So until tomorrow night, everyone, have fun, be good. And if you have not heard it today, know that you are loved because God loves you and so do I. Good night, everybody. <laughs>